We're in the book of Luke in the chapter is 8, verse 8. As Jesus has just finished preaching to a, a group of people who have gathered around him, this is Luke's account, the only Gentile writer of the uh, uh, gospel author. And he is giving a, uh, uh, a clinical, if you will, very orderly account of God, of, of Christ's life here on earth. And he's making some various things very plain. The purpose of why God came, why Jesus came, and that was to, uh, to, to teach the world, to preach the world, to save the world through the preaching of the gospel, and, and through the preaching, and through the hearing of the word. And if we look here in Luke chapter uh, 8, the Bible says, uh, matter of fact, let me have that read from the uh, King James. Uh, you have the King James uh, there? Diane, read that from the King James Bible. Now, to those standing around, it seems like it's a very simple story about a, a farmer sowing seeds, and Jesus also, you would often use what was called a parable. A parable is a story, heavenly, an uh, uh, earthly story with a heavenly meaning, and it literally means to lay alongside and give people a story to compare themselves to, to give them insight into themselves. And so then in Luke, uh, in Luke, Chapter 8, verse 8, go ahead and read. And others fell on good ground and sprang up and bear fruit in a hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. All right, so now in the story we have four soils there. And so then they come to Jesus and they ask him what exactly this meant. And we pick up in Luke chapter 8, verse 11, it says, This is what the story means. The seed is God's teaching. Some people are like the seed that fell on the path. They, are, they hear God's teaching, but when the devil comes, he causes them to stop thinking about it. This keeps them from believing it and being saved. Others are like the seed that fell on the rock. This, this, that is like the people who hear God's teaching and gladly accept it, but they don't have deep roots. They believe for a while, but when trouble comes, they turn from God. What about, uh, what about the seed that fell among the thorny weeds? This is like the people who hear God's teaching, but let the words, let the worries and riches and pleasures of this life stop them from growing, so they never produce a crop. So what about the seed that fell on the good ground? This is like the people who hear God's teaching with, with a good, honest heart. They obey it and patiently produce a good crop. So uh, it's, very, it's very simple here. It's saying if you want to be, if you want to be uh, blessed, if you want to be bountiful, if you want to uh, yield crops a hundred times more, if you want to be better in every aspect of your life, then you ought to make sure that your heart, that your mind is good soil, that it's turned over, that it's prepared, that it's honest and it's receptive. And, it, and, it, and Jesus says there, let all those who have ears hear. Well, what does that mean? Ears to hear means those who are willing to hear, those who are willing to listen, but those who are also willing to listen carefully. Are you willing to listen carefully? Do you have willful ears? If you have not willful, but willing ears. So if you have willing ears, you have ears that are willing to hear, and we're talking about ears to the, to the, to the brain up here, to the, to the mind. Are you willing or receptive to God's word? And are you willing to take it in, break it down, and, 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 and chew on it, and let it dissolve uh, into your life, become a part, a part of your faith foundation? Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to go through this word and seek and look at each and every word, search the scriptures daily, and let it make your mind more noble? 
It requires you to have willing ears. Now, if you've ever tried to talk, you ever tried to talk to somebody who didn't have willing ears? You don't get a word in edgewise. So they cut in, they get defensive, they get upset, and what everything you're saying that is meant for good all of a sudden becomes wrong. And they become defensive and they block it out. And they look at as if you're trying to, to judge them or take something from them. But Jesus is saying these words are meant for your benefit. And if you're willing to hear them, they will benefit you. Question is, do you want to benefit from God's word? Do you want to grow in God's word? Do you want to be more spiritual? Do you want to have a more spiritual home? Do you want to have a more spiritual family? Do you want to have them hear these words of God? And the word of God says to simply that, 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 that Christ came, God came in, in, in flesh. God put on flesh as Christ Jesus. And he came to save a dying world. The Bible tells you this in 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. It says that, that he came, he lived, he died, he was buried, and he rose again. And the good news is that, that, that as he rose, hope rose with him. Bible tells us in Romans 2, 23, that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of death. Fallen short of the glory of God. And the fact is, in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, the Bible tells us that the wages of sin is death. So sin is death, and I'm in death if I don't come to Jesus. Good news is I can come to Jesus and be set free. But here's the thing. Will I hear the word and let Jesus set me free from all the places that I made myself a slave, that I made myself a prisoner? Do I have a willing ear? Am I willing to let some stuff go? That makes sense anyway? This morning we'll talk about in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to 3, that fourfold promise uh, that, 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 that Abraham was told to leave his kindred, leave out, but leave his father's house. And then he would show him the things that God had for him, but they didn't come true until he, was, until he did every single step, until he left his father's house, until he left his kindred, until he separated himself from his father's teaching. He separated himself emotionally so that spiritual growth could take place. Spiritual growth doesn't take place unless you're willing to grow. Question is, ask yourself, are you willing to grow? Then it says here in Luke chapter 8, verse 16, the Bible says, No one who lights a lamp and covers it with a bowl or hides it under a bed, instead, uh, they put the lamp on a lampstand, so that the people who come in will have enough light to see. Everything that is hidden will, come, uh, will, will become clear, and every secret thing will be made known, and everyone will see it. So think carefully about what you're hearing. People who have some understanding will receive more, but those who do not have understanding will lose even what they think they have. So what is he saying there? Now, if you have a willing heart and you have a receptive heart, then Jesus says, then don't hide it. How often do we hide the word of God in our lives? How often do we hide the truth of God? We should be sharing God's truth with everyone we come in contact with in our, in our attitude, in our actions, and in our deeds. So the thing is, are you taking the light once you study, once you come to worship, once you receive it, are you taking it and then hiding it when you get it around people who need it desperately? Huh? Jesus says you don't take that light, that understanding, no matter what level of understanding you have. There's a purpose for that level of understanding. The level of understanding he's giving you is meant to share with someone else. When you share it with someone else, then it can multiply in you. Then you become more useful for the Lord. So the question is also, do I have a willing ear? Am I willing to listen carefully? But am I also willing to take the time to understand the word of God and teach it carefully? Am I doing that? Am I taking time to make sure how I talk, when I talk, especially in times of trial and difficulty? Am I making sure that even when things are challenging, that I'm still teaching people about God? Or am I more, or am I more concerned with just being a part of this world, blending into this world? 
Huh? Because the world is looking for an answer. It's looking for hope. But the only hope it has, God's people. If that makes sense to anybody. So that also means not only do you have to uh, do it carefully, you've got to put it in your relationships. You've got to put it uh, in your conversation. When I say in your relationships, what kind of relationship do you have? Do you have a relationship that is always uh, uh, flooded with dysfunction? Fussing and fighting and arguing and showing that God is not glorified in your life at all? And when I'm saying relationships, what's the relationship with your children? Relationship with your wife? Do you have one that is, that is filled with carnality rather than spirituality? Are you more frustrated than filled with faith? What are you doing then? Because God is allowing things to come into your life to strengthen your faith. He's allowing you to be tried to strengthen your faith. So what are you doing in those times? Are you the good soil? Because he just said that if you receive and you're using it, he's going to give you more. Do you want to grow in your knowledge of God's word? Then the question is, are you using it? Are you using what he's giving you? Because if you don't use what he's giving you, you're going to lose that too. And if you lose that, you'll lose your soul in the So the thing is, let me, let me drill down. Let me buckle down and make sure that if I'm receptive, I'm using it and using it carefully. And that means even watching the subtle things, whether it be a dirty joke here or there or saying this here or there, making sure that I clean those things out of my life so that I'm a light that shines into this dark world. That's what Jesus was saying. Are you receptive? Are you careful with it? Careful with receiving, careful with teaching, and careful to put it in every aspect of your life. Well, he says, then he says, well, if, you, if you're willing to understand it and apply it, then become one of my followers. And we see here in uh, Luke chapter 8, verses 19, Jesus' mother and brothers came to visit him, but they could not get close to him because they were, there were so many people. Someone said to Jesus, your mother and your brothers are standing outside. They want to see you. Jesus answered them, my mother and my brothers are those who listen to, who, who listen to God's teaching and obey it. Next question is, if I have the word of God in my life and I'm applying it, then who am I drawing closer to? Am I drawing closer to the world? Or am I drawing closer to family? Or am I drawing closer to the Lord? Jesus said, my mother and brother are those who do the will of my God, who hear it and obey it. Are you building an association of people around you who hear God's word and obey and who encourage you to walk in the way? Are you doing that? It's a question you have to ask. God's truth is the word. And, and, and I know this sounds rather simplified, rather elementary, but you find great, great teachings in simple, in, 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 in just simple, the simple teachings of Christ. To sit down and really break them apart and apply them in your life. So, if I may, uh, children, if you have your notes, children, I want you, uh, all children, the adults, they might, but children, I want you especially to write something down. Uh, children, I want you to write in your paper, I want you to write one. That's all I want you to write. If you have willing ears to hear, then hear this. Hear one. All right? And then underneath that one, I want you to put promise. Are you willing to hear one? Are you willing to hear promise? Then, under promise, I want you to put died. I want you to put died. And then, underneath died, I want you to put apostles. Apostles. The next, I want you to put, under apostles, I want you to put what? Put what? And then, under what, I want you to put body. 
then under body, <coughs> I want you to put bride. B-R-I-D-E. And then under bride, I want you to put family. And then under family, I want you to put members. Now, if you have ears to hear, if you're willing to hear, and you want to apply what you just heard, then the one thing I want, what I want you to understand, go back to the top of your list. And next to one, I want you to put that there is only one church. And I know this is real simple, too, real simple. Teaching people, but there's people going away from this all the time. But it's still the truth, just in case you forgot. There is still just one church. Here, that there is just one church. And that the Lord, the next line, that the Lord promised to build one church. In Matthew chapter 16, verses 18 through 19, he says, Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, uh, under that, go right next to die. And see, so there's one church that the Lord promised, and there's one church that the Lord died for. And we see that in Acts chapter 20, verse 28, and Ephesians 5, verse 25 that he died for one church. So we have that he promised one and he died for one, right? And then we also have that the only one church, and there was only one church in the days of the apostles. So next the apostles said there was only one church in the days of the apostles. That's Luke chapter 8, verse 11. And Romans chapter 16, verse 16. There was only one church in the days of the apostles. Meaning this church was established back then. Now, there are many churches of men, but there is only one church of Christ. And it was established in the days of the apostles. Now, you go next to what? But what is the church? What is the church? The church is the body of Christ. Romans chapter 12, verse 4, and Ephesians 1, 22 through 23, that the church is the body of Christ. Christ is the head of the body. Right? And then, and then, if you're still on your list, go next to uh, bride. And it tells you there that the church is the bride of Christ. It's the bride of Christ. Romans chapter 7, verse 4. It is the bride of Christ. And then as you go down your list, the church is also the family of God. The family of God, verse Timothy 3, verse 15. And Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 15. The church is the family of God. And then, and then, we got to ask this question. If the church is the family of God, the church is the bride of Christ, then how do people become members of Christ's body? They become members of Christ's body according to it. According to Mark chapter 16, verses 15 through 16, in Acts 2, verse 38, they, they become members by hearing the word of God, believing, confessing, repenting, and being baptized for remission of their sins. This is how we become members of Christ's body. So, if you have ears to hear and you're willing to hear, do you have faith enough to believe that Christ came, he actually lived, he died? 
but he died in order to uh, he, he died in order to establish a body of, 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 of believers to put his Holy Spirit in them. That anybody who would come and hear his word could be washed by the blood of Jesus. And the blood of Jesus could wash every sin away. And all those sins, those sins separate you from God. And if you want to be close to God, you have to have those sins washed away. I talked to a young man just a, a couple weeks ago, and I asked him, he said, you want to become a Christian? I said, well, why do you want to become a Christian? He said, I just want to follow God. See, it's just that simple. It's about just following God, but removing the obstacles that are in your life. The obstacles in your life, sinful associations. The obstacles in your life are bad relationships. The, the, the obstacles in your life are bad attitudes, bad directions. All those things that are anti the word of God, those things will hinder your growth. And they'll keep you from being, you might say you want to grow, but your unwillingness to grow remains when you keep things from your former life in your life. When you keep the old teaching, when you hang on to the things that seem more convenient rather than doing God's will, which is always going to be more blessed in the, in the end and in the long run, you're hindering yourself. And not only do you hinder yourself, you hinder those around you. As we've been talking about with our families, where the father goes, so goes the family. So you got to redirect that and come to the Lord. Be in the Lord. And because there's only one church, there's only one way to be saved. And that is the only way to be saved. There will never be another way to be saved. And there's not another body, there's not another church in which men can be saved. You must come to Jesus. That's the only way. I know we got some high-believing folk who become educated beyond common sense, and they say that's just some old-fashioned Church of Christ teaching. No, that's Bible teaching. And if you can find any other way in Scripture, come show me. Come show me right after this. And we'll, we'll talk about it. And matter of fact, we'll get your high-believing preacher to it. And have him come show me. But if you're going to come, listen, listen with a willing ear, one that is willing to search the scriptures, one that is willing to humble yourself. Are you willing to look in scripture and see where you're wrong and humble yourself? And stop doing what you have been doing? Stop thinking the way you have been thinking? And let God redirect your life? We learned about Abraham. When he got off track, he started lying. He became deceitful. And before you know it, he was insecure, and he was all the way away from God. He had to turn and come back to the house of God in order to be put back on track. So if you see honestly where you have not been walking with God, know that you're not the only one who sees it. God sees it. And he requires you. He wants you to come home. See, you can, you can, you can just like Abram, you can leave physically the house, and you can separate physically from your country. But as long as life is with you, you're keeping the teachings of your father's house. That old messed up teaching that you might have got from mom and daddy and the stuff that won't let you see faith clearly. You've got to separate yourself from that. Only then, only then will God come and show you all that he has for you. Only once you enter the body of Christ can you see all the blessings that he has for you. Now, do you want the spiritual blessings? Do you want to become a true child of God? Then come and be added to the body of Christ. Come to, come to the church. Right? Come to church. I'm not talking about come to the people. Come to the Lord. And with the Lord comes the people. A bunch of imperfect people, but yet perfectible through the blood of Christ, through the, whole, through the teaching of the Holy Spirit. Huh? I know you talk about it, too many hypocrites down there, but there's a difference. There's a difference. You can be with hypocrites who are trying to get to heaven or spend eternity in hell with the rest of the hypocrites that you stayed away from. Uh, I'd rather be trying to get to heaven with the hypocrites 
Amen. Been burning in hell with hypocrites and letting earth call somebody a hypocrite. Amen. <laughs> see? The difference between Christians is we see our hypocrisy. Right. And we're tired of our hypocrisy. Right. We're sick of being hypocrites. It's sickening. It's maddening. Can't stand being this way. You can't find peace in hypocrisy. Being a hypocrite is to be an actor, to put on a face. My ears are willing to hear. My ears hear my own thoughts telling me that aren't you sick of being two-faced? My ears are tired of hearing the world, tired of hearing my own frustrations, tired of hearing foolishness. Now I want to hear Jesus. And Jesus says, I can set you free. Come to me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest from the pain of this world. I can give you rest. I can give you the kind of rest that, 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 that starts inside and, and, and it emanates and, and, and it touches those you come in contact with. Are you tired of fussing and fighting and trying to make people stay close to you? Just stand with Jesus and those who stand with Jesus will stand with you. Huh? Are you tired of being afraid of men, being afraid of people, being afraid of what she might do, he might do, what he might say? Come on and stand with Jesus and get some courage. Be men and stand up. Have that fertile soil. Huh? And no, it's not an easy walk, but with Jesus, it's easier. Huh? Does anybody want to do that? Hmm? Are you willing to hear? And when it says, listen carefully, it means to study that word, to stay in that word, to apply that word, and let that word teach you, reach you, and lead you all the way to heaven. Huh? We're just visiting here for a little while. We're trying to get to glory. You got to keep the instructions in your mind. You're already in the right body if you've obeyed the gospel, but now stay in, remain in, and invite others in. And you invite them not just in your word, but also in your deeds and in your actions. Huh? That means some of, us, some of us need to get control of our tongues. And you know how you get control of your tongue? Turn the control of your tongue over to Jesus. Putting more positive in than negative. Some of us need to get control of, of, of just, just our attitudes all together. Then give it over to, to the Lord. Submit to him. Does anybody want to come to the Lord? Does anybody want to be a true child of God? Anybody want to be a Christian? Is anybody willing to hear what Jesus is saying and he's saying, come here and let me save you? Is anybody willing to hear? Christians, are you willing to hear? <clears throat> Jesus saying, you've done enough. You've been in that foolishness long enough. You've gone far from me long enough. Now come back. And come back and be baptized for remission of your sins. And when we talk about baptism, see, I got to stop the Christians from saying so-and-so was baptized, so-and-so was baptized. No, when you get baptized, you become a member of the body of Christ. Baptism isn't just an event. You know, I hear people saying, well, so-and-so get you baptized? Well, we want to make sure the whole family is here so we can see it and be such a blessed event. No, when you get baptized, the blood of Jesus washes over you. You bury that old person. And a new person is born. You don't become a Christian before baptism. You become a Christian after. So does anybody want to become a Christian? Anybody want to <coughs> repent of sin and say, I've sinned, I've repented that sin, I'm going to get back on the right track with the Lord. Anybody want to do that? I'm sorry I didn't have a bunch of 
high-level theological stuff for y'all. <laughs> Bunch of special Hebrew and Greek words to throw together. And make you say, gee, Brother Johnson's educating. <laughs> they have a lot of that. They have a lot of fancy stories for you and all that stuff. But you like, he sure can't preach. Doesn't matter. The Bible preaches. The Bible teaches. And that's all that matters. All we need is the simple, solitary word of God and his spirit teaching us, leading us. That's all that matters. The word is perfect in converting the soul. So it doesn't matter how many doctors, so-and-so, Dr. Brother Johnson, if you want to call me. It doesn't matter. If I'm not, take, if I'm not teaching the word of God, it's a bunch of educated foolishness. So forgive me for not having enough 50 cent worth. Y'all 50 cent all I got is that little book. Won't you come? Anybody want to become a Christian? Why don't you come? Well, we stand and say, Saul.